Advertising is a continuous hot topic for clients at My Amazon Guy. How do we get better at it? What should we be doing now? Today, we talk to a PPC expert. My name is Stephen Pope. This is the My Amazon Guy podcast. So I'm now joined by Destiny Wishon with uh, Better AMS. Thanks so much for joining me. Of course, excited to be here. All right, so you uh, you are part of an agency that's dedicated to advertising management. Tell us a little bit about uh, your agency, Better AMS, and what you guys do. Yeah, of course. So uh, Better AMS initially started on the AMS platform, so that kind of tells you how long we've been doing this. Um, we've been managing for you know four and a half years. We've do everything seller central vendor central sponsor product sponsor brand sponsor display and dsp basically if it's on platform amazon advertising we manage it in one way or another and that is all we do we don't focus on all the extraneous things that could be handled ebc back in listing optimization things like that so it's allowed us to really be able to scale and be thought leaders on strictly the amazon advertising piece so I follow Destiny on LinkedIn. She has some amazing content that comes out, and I, I have to give you props. It's really good content. So if you guys are listening to this, uh, she's definitely one to follow. Um, we, of course, at My Amazon Guy do a little bit of everything and can do all of the stuff that Destiny doesn't focus on. So if you need enhanced brand content, hit us up at My Amazon Guy. But we'll be talking exclusively today about ad management. So you maybe maybe historical context since you've been doing this for so long how has advertising changed over time in your opinion oh my goodness there's been about 90 changes just in the last three months i feel like but i agree in general we're just getting so much more control um which is really incredible from a brand perspective we're allowed to be so much more incremental we're getting creative capabilities that we've never had before in terms of imagery and copywriting so that's been really cool but in the last six months alone, you know, we've rolled out custom image beta with sponsor brands, video and search ads that are on desktop and mobile, sponsor brands on the product detail pages. Auto campaigns are even more incremental, like one of the simplest basic campaigns that you can launch. We can now get so much better with targeting. And with that has just came a lot of complexity in terms of managing. Um, we always kind of say there's at least 10 campaigns, foundational campaigns you could be launching for every single ASIN. So Biggest change, uh, complexity, but it gives us more ad inventory and gives us more of a competitive advantage. And and so I agree with all of what you just mentioned. Uh, the complexity can be overwhelming. And so people that are listening to this podcast, the number one thing on their mind is, okay, what's that one piece of information that I can go act on today? So if, if you're talking to listeners of Amazon sellers, what should they do today to go get some incremental value? Yeah, um, I'm going to start extremely basic and then kind of work my way up. But one of the biggest things I can recommend is to have a really clean campaign structure. So we always recommend one campaign, one ad group, one ASIN. Now, if they're really similar ASINs that are in a parent child, you can add those in as well. But that's kind of the best way that you're going to be able to scale because you now have sponsored products, auto manual, sponsored brands with four different landing pages, things like that. And then you start rolling in sponsored display, which now has six different targeting types. It gets ridiculously complex. So biggest thing, make sure you have extremely clean nomenclature and campaign structure. And then if I were to dive into kind of some of the incrementalities of it, um, auto campaigns are absolutely fantastic for keyword research. And now that we do have the targeting for close match, loose match, complements and substitutes, 
separate those out so you can get really incremental with the keyword research you're getting in the back end. So we've been running um, two different targeting types, one for the ASINs and one for the search terms, because that's how those are combined. That's been really fantastic to help us with scale and help us get more keyword research from both aspects. So in the last week, we've seen the new UI rollout. Everybody's migrated over to what basically is AMS. Um, and I'm guessing that was probably convenient for you guys to have everything in one place. But uh, for majority of Seller Central users, it was a little abrupt. They're like, ah, I don't know what this is. What are your, what are your thoughts on the UI migration? Uh, the best thing in the world from an agency perspective is having a drop down menu. <laughs> yeah. But um, the biggest confusion I've seen is around sponsored display. So in the AMS platform, advertising console platform, we've had product targeting, you know, for over four years. So we've been able to collect a lot of data. Well, that got rolled under sponsored display. And now everyone's getting kind of excited about the new shiny object. And they're going in and launching a bunch of sponsored display campaigns. And they're probably going to hemorrhage money because one, Amazon puts a hundred dollar recommended budget on it. And if you don't check that, you're going to spend two some of the new targeting types are very top of the funnel. So you have based on views and things like that. Um, those are going to be very top of the funnel and they're going to be more brand awareness. So what I would focus on uh, with the new sponsors display to really hit that product targeting hard. And I say that because we do have the data from advertising console, which has now been combined with seller central. So all the ad types are pretty similar other than advertising console has coffee still. <laughs> Yeah, and and I agree with you on the top of the funnel. Um, is there been any specific ad type that you thought was kind of a, a an unexpected win? Definitely video and search. Uh, I, it technically got rolled out in October, I believe, but not all accounts had it. And I had too many people saying it's not worth making a video because there's not a lot of ad inventory. But there'd be no reason for Amazon to roll something out that wasn't scalable. Yes, it may not be ideal upfront, but you have to test these new ad types because they're going to become scalable. So I think we've spent around $50,000 on video and search last time I pulled the data. And it does incredible. It's one of the lowest CPCs consistently across the board. And you can target insanely top of the funnel traffic. And it's still doing really well because most people don't take the time to click on a commercial that they're not interested in. So interest is really high. Conversions are amazing. So definitely invest in them and don't be too late. Do, uh, do you have clients make their videos or do you have like a referral you can suggest on where to go get videos made? Yeah, we typically have the clients come to us with videos. Um, I know there are a lot of people out there that do do videography, but I don't have any specific recommendations. No, no problem. Thought I'd ask because I think, think, think people are going to be asking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think my favorite rollout besides the video, and I think video is really good, but we've, we have struggled to get 15, 30 second commercial shot. It's, it's, uh, it's a new thing. Um, probably my favorite has been custom brand image and, uh -huh. and that's, uh, the secrets out on that one. I, I, I feel like, uh, we were one of the first agencies to market with it because Amazon didn't announce it. We just saw it appear nope. one day, uh, which is like how every ad announcement happens. It's like just, Oh, it's on your account for yep. 30 days. And then maybe we'll tell you it exists. So, uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you're running your own ads, my biggest recommendation to you is go check every button you possibly can. And, 100%. and if you're wanting to take your, your, your steps to the next level, you got to hire a pro like better AMS and, and get into 
the advertise who get into the advertising campaigns across dozens of accounts so that because they they catch these things if you've been listening to this podcast and this is the first time you heard about videos or the first time you heard about custom brand image you are a couple months behind right seven months seven months in some cases <laughs> yeah and it, go ahead Oh, sorry. I, I was just laughing. So custom image beta like accidentally got rolled out in one of our accounts before Thanksgiving. So I had our brand create like these Thanksgiving creatives and we got them up and I got them launched within 24 hours the next day, completely removed from our account. The ad type stayed though. So it was like one of the first inventory placements in that, but I wasn't allowed, like I posted about it. And then the next day it was taken away. And I was like, well, I don't Great. know how we're yeah. supposed to sell this here, now. Here I was thinking that my Amazon guy was like first to market and we had this a couple of months ago and you had it in freaking Thanksgiving. <laughs> Jeez Louise. It was just one account. I know, though. I know, but still I'm jealous. Nice. <laughs> nice catch on that one. Lucky, lucky dog. Um, all right. So uh, we, we're talking about lots of different ad types. Um, we talked about custom brand images. For those that don't know what that is, um, it's, it's basically a sponsored brand image, but now you can upload a photo into it. So, um, any tips you can give on custom brand images in your opinion? Yeah, get them up. They're getting much more inventory nowadays. So we've seen lifestyle images do really well with the product, especially if you're aligning it with the type of, um, specific landing page for a singular product, then make that lifestyle image for that product. But if you're doing more top of the funnel traffic, more brand awareness, create an image that is focused more around your brand and really helps tell your brand story. Uh, when they do get impressions from headline search ads, it's taking up like 50% of the mobile screen and on desktop, it's taking like twice as much size as what you see in typical HSA. So biggest thing is get those creatives in place because we're getting more ability to scale them. Um, and we're going to be allowed to do many more things with those creatives. So you might as well get them done. And, and any tips on the videos? What's, what's the number one thing you're looking for when somebody gets that video shot? having them done. So we've even <laughs> recommended in the process of paying while you're paying for a videographer to get something finalized. Like, um, someone recommended, um, on the PPC battle webinar that we just did that you can actually like open up a PowerPoint document or something and just make slides and do a screen recording and edit it to getting it up. So that was the biggest recommendation. Unless you're in a crazy competitive category, I probably wouldn't do that. But if you're not seeing a lot of videos for your top search terms, just get something up in the meantime, start collecting data, figure out what works, and then you know get a videographer done once you have the proof of concept. I, I love it. My default marketing philosophy is something is better than nothing. And you just nailed it. Take action. <laughs> um, so I listened to a bunch of podcasts and a theme that I've really seen of late is really kind of two themes. Number one, focus. And number two, take action. And those two things are linked together. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. thank you for the shout out on go get it done. Of course. And that focus concept, I think still aligns with the videos because it's a singular ASIN landing page. So don't make a video going across your whole brand and talking about all that, make a video focused on your product, your competitive advantage, and then drive it to the single ASIN landing page. All right. So let's talk a couple more tips, other ad types. Um, so sponsored products, of course, are the lowest in the funnel and the biggest bang for the buck for most accounts. Um, there's obviously exceptions to everything in advertising, but uh, for, for those that want some tips on sponsored products, what should they be doing now? The biggest issues I see in account is not enough keyword research and poor bid management. Um, just in general, I think a lot of people know their top 10, top 20 keywords that they wanna bid on, 
So they put up exact match, they bid on those top 20 keywords, and then they wonder why it's so expensive because everyone knows to bid on those. And in general, it's still an ad auction. So the less people you have bidding on an item, probably the cheaper you're going to get that item. So what we always recommend is to dive into your long tail keywords, really do some time investing in that research because even though they may be low impression, they may only drive one or two sales a month. When you have enough of those low impression long tail keywords, that really adds up and it's usually much cheaper. So really spend time on your keyword research. That's how you differentiate nowadays. Cause like I said, everyone knows to bid on your top 10 keywords. It's uh, finding the keywords that hardly anyone else is bidding on where you're really gonna win. Negative keywords, should I be paying attention to those? Man, this is uh, one of the most controversial things that I feel like I say from an Amazon advertising perspective. We rarely negate keywords unless uh, relevancy is just not there. Like if I'm selling an iPhone charger and I'm showing up for an Android charger under an auto campaign, it's not relevant at all. So I will negate those. In general, I do not negate keywords because with proper bid management, you can make any keyword profitable for the most part. Um, and that's kind of my biggest spiel. I know there are some scenarios where it makes sense for an auto campaign. Maybe you have a limited budget and one keyword is absolutely eating up your budget and you can't control that because it's an auto campaign. I would recommend looking at negating that keyword. But in general, for manual campaigns, um, just look at your conversion rate and do the math at what your bid needs to be in order to make a, make a keyword profitable. So if you're selling an adult product, obviously negating baby terms would potentially make sense. But I, I do agree with your methodology, and I do I understand why you say it's controversial. Um, but uh, if you're managing bids correctly, uh, you should be a marketer who advertises 24-7 all the time. Now, it doesn't mean you go spend $5 on that keyword every day of the week. You know, uh, you got you to gotta move those bids up when Prime Day hits. Move those bids up when Cyber Monday and Black Friday happen. But for the most part, uh, if you keep in some low bids on some keywords, you're just like, eh, I don't know about, probably can still be profitable. I happen to agree with you. Uh, any other thoughts on that? Nothing too much, but um, don't make emotional decisions with bid management. I see that pretty often. Attribution is going to skew your numbers, especially with COVID going on. There's uh, delays in shipping and things like that. So people are continually coming back for repurchases and things like that. So I know we have an account that averages a 19% ACOS and I logged in one day and the ACOS was 120% the day before. If I would have went in and made all these ridiculous optimizations, we probably would be over-optimizing because that would have been an emotional reaction. When in reality, the data from the past seven days shows it's still performing really well. So biggest thing, look at appropriate timeframes. Don't make adjustments based off lifetime data um, unless your lifetime is I launched seven days ago. Nice. So look at smaller timeframes and um, just make sure the data is there before you make a decision. All right. So you started to talk about challenges. That was kind of my next teed up question. So let's dive into challenges. Um, I'll, I'll speak briefly, just some latest Amazon news. So seven days ago, we saw coupons return. Six days ago, we saw shipping restrictions removed. Uh, two nights ago, I saw Amazon two day prime come back <laughs> and that's a nice one to have back. Um, what challenges are you experiencing today? And it can be related to COVID could be related to some of those news items I mentioned, or it could be specific to ads. What are you saying? The biggest thing I think we saw with COVID was having to look at smaller timeframes. You know, typically we make data decisions based off like the last 30 days. But when COVID hit and we did see those shipping delays, we had to really analyze our conversion rates per product to see what was having crazy fluctuations and make adjustments based off that. 
Same thing with inventory. Uh, sponsor brands, for example, don't automatically pause if one of your products goes out of stock. So what would happen is we'd have a key product in our headline that would go out of stock and we'd keep advertising even though our top performers weren't on it. So you really just have to keep a closer eye on your advertising performance when things like this are going on. Um, those are probably the biggest things. And then just in addition, again, with so many new ad types rolling out, you need to have a clean campaign structure and clean naming convention. So I, I, I like all of that. This, it's interesting that you started with clean methodology, clean segmentation, and, and with all of the added complexity, it makes a lot of sense. And so I'm seeing that as a kind of a theme to our conversation today um, as you go back to that methodology. Um, so you've probably taken over some pretty dirty accounts is what I'm going to guess. Uh, where, where do you start when you're taking over an account? What do you first do? Yeah. So we typically run audits before we sign any account. So it kind of lets us know what we're getting into and how to make recommendations. But when we're auditing those accounts, some of the biggest issues we do see is, you know, 20 to 30 non-related ASINs in a campaign. And then they're wondering, you know, why only one ASIN's getting exposure because Amazon doesn't evenly distribute your budget to all your ASINs. They're going to look for what's performing the best and probably showcase that the most. So that's always a major issue. Uh, something else we run into is just multiple ad groups. Same thing. You can't control your budget. It's not being evenly distributed to all your different ad groups. And then crazy things with negating certain keywords, having branded keywords with non-branded, Things like that we see as a major issue. So when we hop in to take over an account, um, it's not necessarily a takeover. I never recommend pausing data that is still performing well. We have a lot of indexation and history with those keywords, so we don't pause them. What we do is we work to clean up the structure to make sure our budget's flowing evenly to the products it needs to be and the keywords it needs to be. And then we look at how we can you know, supplement that with more campaigns that are a much better structure different keyword targeting that's much more segmented. So we have direct control over where ads showing. So I, I like the mention that you had where the, the comment about the takeover. Um, one of the key things that we have found at my Amazon guy is that the data that's been collected, the algorithm is trained with that data. There's, there's not a lot of like uh, Amazon resources on this question. So it's more of just like observe, you know, observed data, if you will. Um, but if you had a choice between starting a new campaign and co-opting a campaign, it sounds like you'd probably co-opt uh, a current one and just improve it. And, and is that because you think there's algorithm juice behind it? Somewhat. I mean, we don't add new keywords to an old campaign. Um, we don't make any crazy adjustments like that. I know there are some theories around that topic, but what I always say is you can never replicate what made a keyword successful a second time around. Now, ideally your top keywords are always gonna be somewhat successful. But for example, if you have a keyword that was launched a year ago, Amazon's found out what placement that works really well and whether it's the product detail page, whether it's the top of search, you know, kind of what the bid needs to be, things like that. And they've realized, hey, our consumers like seeing this ad, they're clicking on the ad and they're purchasing. So if the consumer alignment's fantastic, you'll probably have a decent keyword, things like that. So we don't wanna go in and make adjustments to that keyword because if it's not broke, we don't need to fix it. We do need to make sure that keyword is sh like the ASINs showing for the appropriate keyword because we have a lot of a misalignment there when people run multiple ASINs in a campaign. But when we go into an account, we're just going to clean up the ASINs and the ad groups primarily, let the keywords run, and then figure out what new search terms we have to reinvest in. And that's what we really focus on when launching new campaigns in an old account. Love it. All right. So next question, um, your catalog, 80% of your sales 
frequently, not always, but frequently come from like your top 20% of SKUs. So when you're focusing your ad management, how do you balance keeping those top performers going where the easy money's coming in versus say, hey, let's develop some new territory, new SKUs with some, some of our ad budget? Yeah, this is a fantastic question. So we 100% rely on a lot of 80-20 in everything we do. But what we typically do is we pull the business report and we look at, you know, what products can be advertised together. They're extremely similar. The only differentiation is maybe pack size, things like that. We're going to group those. So we make sure we have full ad exposure to all of those groups. They're getting, um, especially if it's a parent-child variation, we just want to make sure they have good exposure. And then we're going to work top down. We're going to take the top sellers and make sure we have like ranking campaigns, major keyword campaigns, long tail keyword research, competitor targeting, branded campaigns. It's exact same thing with all of our sponsor brands. And then we're going to dive into product targeting, category targeting, video and search, all of that stuff. And we're going to work our data our way down the list, making sure we have that. And then when it comes to, you know, launching new ASINs, this could be a, probably a whole podcast on its own. We're going to, yes, you know, could. make sure we have all of the foundations for that as well. So the biggest thing is working our way down the list and again, having a clean structure and clean organization. So we know what ASINs have exposure, what don't, because that's really important. <laughs> so ACOS or the advertising cost of spend, it's different in every category. And sometimes people are a little surprised by how competitive certain categories are. Where, where do you personally think ads are harder? Where do you think they're easier to run? Oh, oh that's a good one. So in general, last year, um, our average ACOS for all of our accounts was 22%. But that's really good, I by the way, guys. Thank you. I always say that's so heavily skewed. Uh, we have some brands that want us to run at 80% because they view Amazon advertising as a true marketing budget. You know, you're not paying for billboards or certain in cap, you know, designs, things like that. So we truly view that as a advertising expense because we have a good repurchase rate. But in general, from a category perspective, supplements, are always extremely, extremely competitive. I knew she was going to say that. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Supplements are so hard. It's so hard. Well, what I kind of always talk to brand owners about is they're like, why aren't we winning? Why aren't we showing up for this keyword? I'll look at the suggested bid for the keyword or even our CPC and it's $11. I'm like, if you want me to pay $11 for a click, then I need your listing to convert at at least, you know, a 50%. And then I'll and show up the conversion. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'll be like, look, this is the clicks we have. It, there's data for almost everything. You can justify almost every decision with the data because we have the exact search terms that they're typing in. So um, it just kind of all goes back to like, what's your long-term goals on the platform? And and so some, some objectives that businesses have is for true customer acquisition, right? Now, there's, of course, you could have that debate about what a true customer acquisition looks like on Amazon. If you quiz 100 people, hey, what was the last item you bought on Amazon? Okay, cool. What was the name of the brand again? 97 people out of 100 probably won't know the answer to that question. And so you're like, okay, Amazon's killed brands. In many ways it has. But nonetheless, uh, there's obviously um, a lot of value in PPC conversion. And you get some keyword lifts and SEO lift. Um, I like to use a, a made-up stat. I don't have any proof on this one. But I like to say for every PPC sale, you get, you get three organic sales. Which, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I don't have the data to verify that either. But... I feel the exact same way and I'm skewed because I only manage Amazon advertising. So I'm like, yeah, I want you to spend more. 
but in general, it's such a long-term play. Um, like we always kind of, we really vet what a brand's goals are before working with them. Because if you're from the mindset of, I need some 10% ACOS and I'm only running ads for profitability, we're probably not going to be an amazing fit because it is such an advertising expense. Things are getting so much more competitive. You do have to play or pay to put your brand on page one. It's the first thing a consumer sees a headline search ad, and then typically three sponsor placements, potentially two organic placements. And then you have editorial recommendations. You have video and search underneath, and then you have everything that's ranked four, five, six, seven, and eight. So it goes back to like, what are your goals on the platform? If you want a side hustle, then yes, I probably recommend you focus on your cash flow and being extremely profitable. If you want to scale a brand and have people remember you, you have to get your product in the hands of your consumers. I couldn't say it any better than you just did, uh, Destiny. So uh, you talked about kind of what kind of client would be a good fit for better AMS. So let's give you a, a, an official plug here. So who are you looking for? Who would be a good client to contact you to sign up? Yeah, 100% people we can help. Uh, that's the biggest thing. But we typically do have such a focus on scalability that it kind of comes down to like, what's your philosophy on your brand on the platform and Amazon advertising? In general, I think our minimum sales per month is around 100,000, but we have gone lower for the right fit because we're truly looking for a partnership. We're not planning on um, going away anytime soon. Like we have like 10 year goals for our company. So the biggest thing we're looking for is fantastic partners in the space that we can help, whether that's just being thought leaders. I know we have so many brands that reach out that have amazing accounts and they know how to manage it, but they're like, I need to focus on sourcing. And I would like to have a thought leader in the account that like you mentioned, you, you and I are in accounts so often, so frequently we catch the little things before other people. So biggest things is a fantastic partner who's looking to scale. Great. So for those that are interested in learning more, you can go to betterams.com and you can contact them. They'll give you a free audit. Last question for you, Destiny. So, okay, cool. My Amazon's going good. What else can I do outside of Amazon? Man, so this question always cracks me up. I'm in Walmart world. I live, you know, in Bentonville where the Waltons are from and everything. And I always feel like Walmart's so much more competitive um, than what Amazon sellers seem to think they are because they have the brick and mortar presence. They have every single CPG company in their back pocket. So my next recommendation would probably be to start looking at Walmart. Um, they're making a lot of steps to get to where Amazon is. And yeah, they're not there right now. They're going to be behind, but they don't have to reinvent the, what, the wheel. If you log into their advertising platform, you know, you have broad match, phrase match, exact match, and it's not clean. Um, indexation is not fantastic. UI is not where it should be, but it's going to be. So, so the biggest thing is get in there and start collecting data. So I, I like that. It's always good to experiment. You gotta, you gotta focus on what you're good at and stay to your core, but you always have to put your feelers out for new opportunities. Well, uh, destiny, I appreciate you joining me today on the, my Amazon guy podcast. Um, uh, quick sales pitch on my side. We're actually launching today a new service to launch Walmart, Etsy, and eBay uh, platforms. And we are experts in all of those. We've launched more than 20 accounts in those areas in the last uh, six months. So if anybody from the better AMS side happens to be listening and you need help launching in one of those platforms, definitely give myamazonguy.com uh, a heads up. My name is Stephen Pope. I'm the founder of My Amazon Guy. We talked today about ad management with better AMS. And uh, we'll uh, hope you subscribe to our channel and so you can catch us on any additional things we have and like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everything else. Thanks for watching.